This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Luke chapter 5, familiar passage of Scripture for us. I want to focus on specifically one statement. Now, we'll see a lot of things in the, in the Scripture. But there is one particular focus that I believe the Lord has for us this evening. Jesus has gone to Peter's house in Capernaum, and she was sick with a fever, and they entreated him, they besought him for her. The Bible says that he healed her. The fever left her, she arose immediately. And there were so many people, as the sun was setting, that were sick, diverse diseases, and the Lord Jesus healed them all. Those who were demon-possessed, and God rebuked them and drove the evil spirits away from these people uh, that were so troubled. And when it was day, look at verse 42 of chapter 4. When it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. They didn't want him to leave. I mean, they tried to restrain him. They, they tried to detain him. They tried to get him to, to stay, to hold him there. And obviously there was a great need, and the Lord Jesus had done an incredible work. But he told them, I, I, I've, I've got to preach in other cities. I've got to preach the kingdom of God to other cities. Therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. I'm interested in that statement, the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Many had heard him or heard of him and they wanted, they were hungry for truth. They knew that he possessed what they needed to be able to help them and they wanted uh, to hear him and they pressed upon him. They knew they had a need. Whether they knew that he was the Messiah, and I dare say many of them did not, they had seen miracles and they wanted to see that, of course, but they needed help. They just simply needed help. And Jesus was there to help him. And the crowd grew so large as he stood by the lake. Verse 2, he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. 
And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. All that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so it was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Would you pray with me? Not because you need to pray, but because I do. But I ask you to pray with me concerning this message tonight. Father, thank you for the privilege to preach. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are amazing and that you're still doing amazing things. We read it in the scripture and yet we hear about it even today. How you're working in lives and changing people's lives. And in the midst of a crooked and perverse world, you're still sovereign and you still have all power and you're still amazing and you still want to use us. Lord, I pray that we would be willing vessels. I ask you to help me tonight. I pray you'd strengthen my voice physically. I pray that you would direct my thoughts. Lord, that your word would go forth in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. For the glory of Jesus Christ, I pray it. May Jesus be exalted tonight in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message tonight is Let Down Your Nets. When Jesus met with Simon, of course, Simon had already seen a miracle. We assume that, that he was there. The Bible says in chapter 4, verse 38, at Simon's house, that they besought him for her. I think it's safe to assume that, that Peter, Simon, got to see his mother-in-law uh, healed and, and helped. But this was life-changing specifically for Peter, for a lot of other people, but the focus seems to be upon Peter's response. Uh, because it was his vessel, it was his ship, and it was life-changing. When he launched out into the deep and, and he let down his nets, it was never the same for him. Peter was a changed man. It changed his person. I mean, from that point on, he got to follow Jesus Christ for over three years and, and see just uh, the, the abundance of love and compassion that Jesus had. He got to see the power of God. He, he got to see some amazing things, the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, he got to see some wonderful things, the feeding of the 5,000 and on and on. I mean, it changed who he was as he walked with Jesus, but it also changed his potential. I mean, if Jesus can fill two ships full of fish, what else can he do in my life, I imagine, Peter thought. It changed his potential, and he was going to become uh, uh, greatly used of God. Not only did it change his potential, but it changed his purpose. He had gone from being a, a, a fisher of fish to becoming fisher of men. It changed everything about him. And when you and I launch out at the word of the Lord, it's amazing how it changes us. Oh, we see a lot of different things and a lot of wonderful things that change in the working of God, but it changes us. You, you'll also notice to where Jesus said to launch out, into the deep. And I've read that there are those who say that most of the fish for the Fishermen on the Sea of Galilee were caught 
in the evening in the shallow waters. The worst time to go fishing was in the bright of day and in the deep. And yet, Jesus being God in flesh knew exactly what he was asking and where he was asking uh, Simon uh, to where he was asking him to launch out into the deep. You remember trying to learn how to swim? And some people, you didn't start out like I did. I started out in the shallows and I hung on to the side as I went down the, the pool, always longingly looking over my shoulder in the deep end, wishing and, and waiting for that time that something was going to happen to where I could actually go into the deep end. It was fear that kept me from doing it. Perhaps it was fear that kept you from doing it. And some of you had loving and tender, caring adults and family members and parents who tenderly picked you up and threw you in the deep end and you had to sink or swim. <laughs> but boy, when you let go of the side and you get out of the shallows and you begin to swim in the deep, it's like, it's like nothing else. I mean, you never want to touch the side. Again, as a matter of fact, it's a challenge to never let your feet touch the bottom. I mean, you want to be in the water and you, and you love it. Peter was changed as a result. He was to launch out into the deep. And launching out into the deep implied some things. It implied listening when Jesus said to launch out instead of waiting till later on. Do it now. Jesus said it. It implies letting go of your security. It, it implies trusting in Jesus for your safety. It implies launching out into the deep. It implies leaving our comforts. Going out into the deep where it's not as comfortable, leaving our apathy behind. It implies leaning on God's Word instead of our own understanding and our own ways. It implies learning that Jesus' ways always bring the greatest reward and the greatest blessing. He said, launch out. And he told him where? Into the deep. However, once in the deep, the Lord told, the, uh, told Peter to let down your nets for a draft. You see, when Peter launched out, he didn't leave his half-washed nets on the shore. He let a net down into the water for a draft. Launching out into the deep for Peter was only the first half of Jesus' command. But letting down the nets was just as important. There was two parts to this that God had said, and there's always two parts to faith. The Bible reminds us in Hebrews eleven six, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe two things, that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And that's the way faith works. There's always a purpose, a reason, a result, a reward, if you will, for an act of faith. And we can go through the motions of obedience, but... We don't believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm not sure that we're really practicing faith. Salvation, for instance, is believing that he is and as a result of believing that he rewards with forgiveness, that he rewards with salvation, that he rewards with new birth into the family of God, that he rewards with the gift of eternal life. So there's always a reward for following obedient faith. Now that reward may not be tangible. That reward may not be immediately received uh, or seen in, in its fullness. But there's always a result to faith in God. 
for a church to, to move in faith, for an individual to move in faith, it always gets the attention of the Savior. It pleases Him and it allows Him to glorify Himself through His children. What a privilege. And so there's just a few things I want to share with you this evening. First of all, I want you to notice the command. It's simple. Verse 4, Jesus commanded, let down your nets. It was pretty clear what He wanted, right? That's a simple command to understand. But if we have a hard time with obedience to the commands of the Lord, we'll hardly see the rewards of faith. By the way, how did Peter get to the place, as Mr. Schatz preached this morning, how did he get to the place in Acts chapter number 3 where he was able to go to this lame man who had been lame all of his life and say to this lame man, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I'll tell you where it started. It started with launching out into the deep and letting down your nets for a draft. This is where it started. This is where his faith was created, and this is where his faith started to grow. You know, and God gives us simple commands, and even the simple ones sometimes I have a hard time obeying. Maybe you feel that way as well. Sometimes we think the things the Lord asks us to do or shows us in the Scriptures to do is, is going to be so inconvenient. John said in 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. If we love God the way we ought to love if we delight in Him, then His desires become our desires. I don't have to struggle when I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And if I delight in Him, I can have those desires. But even if not, they're not grievous, they're not burdensome, they're not, they're not severe, they're not cruel. It's simply a command, and ours is to follow an obedient faith. We see the command that He gave Him, but we also see the cause. Notice the end of verse number 4. What was the cause? For a draft. Now, there may be some different thoughts on this, but for a draft tells us that the cause was to catch fish. Amen. I could take a little rabbit trail right here. Some wise man said before that fishing is fun, but catching's a bonus. Hey, if you, if you can like fishing without catching, then uh, you're a true fisherman. Catching's a bonus. But he told him to let down your nets to catch fish for a draft, for a haul. Now, imagine what this could have meant or what it meant for Peter's fishing business. I mean, he may have been able to pay off a debt. He may have been able to, to care for his family so that he could follow Jesus and walk with him. He was the only one married. And by the way, God's not opposed to, to, to prospering His children if it better enables them to serve God. And all that God gives us, it's all about using it to serve God. The strength that we have to work. The ability that we have to earn a living. It's all for Him. It's all to be used for Him. And I love what... Brother Schott said this, this morning, I mean, everything that we have is to be given, it's to be used. It has a purpose, every exercise, every act of faith. And so part of the cause here was to catch fish, but another part was to increase his faith. In verse number 9, the Bible says, 
for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. Can you imagine how Peter's faith increased incredibly after seeing the reward of obedient faith? The cause was to catch fish. It was to increase his faith. Hey, it was to win, folks. Jesus said at the end of verse number 10, From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And the greatest purpose or cause for letting down his net was to convince Peter that he could do something much greater than catching fish. He could bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. He could bring lots of them. Amen. We get so caught up in the things that we, that, that we think are uh, magnificent in our own strength and what we can accomplish. But as we trust God and obey His Word and we see the cause for which we are doing it, it is amazing how much greater potential we have for the kingdom of heaven and how God can touch lives when we simply obey in faith. We see the command, we see the cause, but we also see the caution that Peter had. There's a lot that takes place, perhaps, in the mind of Simon as he's answering in verse number 5. But when Jesus said, let down your nets for a draft, Peter answered in verse 5, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Master, I'm a fisherman, and I've been fishing all night at the best time of the day in the best part of the water, and I've caught nothing. Tell you what, I imagine this could have gone through his mind that... You're, you're a teacher. You stick to teaching. I'm a fisherman. I'll stick to, to fishing. Um, but, I mean, you know how many thoughts can go through your mind in an instant when someone says or asks a question. And there were many reasons why Peter, as well as we, might be cautious at a command to launch out in faith. God stirs our heart to do something, to give something, to come out of our comfort zone and try to be a help and a blessing. God lays something on our hearts. We can think of all kinds of reasons immediately why we shouldn't do it. I mean, sometimes the things the Lord may have us do may seem to us in that context at that moment very foolish. I mean, Peter's initial thought was a lot like ours would have been. I mean, Lord, forgive me, but I mean, it's, this is a crazy time to try to go fishing. And I've been fishing all night. I've caught nothing. It doesn't make any sense. This is foolish. Oftentimes, what the Lord asks of us doesn't completely make sense. You ever been there? It doesn't sound logical. It goes against everything that we know and everything that feels comfortable. It sounds foolish and it brings caution. Maybe part of the cause was he was fatigued. He was tired. I mean, they had been fishing all night, right? He'd been up all night and all he wanted to do uh, after he finished washing his nets was go home to his wife and, and, and take a nap. Then he looks up and he sees this multitude on the seashore and Jesus teaching them and Jesus then asks if he can come aboard his ship. It says to launch out for a little while and he sat there and listened as Jesus continued to teach and then after Jesus finished teaching is when he said to Peter, launch out into the deep, let down your nets wait a minute, I've been doing this all night. I just sat through your sermon. I've been up all night. I want to go to bed. Can you imagine? That's his thought. He's tired. You know, when we're physically tired, it's very difficult to motivate ourselves to launch out. It's very difficult to be spiritual when you're tired. And we've got to walk guard around ourselves when, when we are tired and fatigued. 
causes hesitation sometimes. Maybe the cause for his caution was failure. Again, they'd caught nothing. And so many people, when we fail, boy, I've done this, a little gun shy, getting up and trying again, cautious because of a perceived failure. We talked in Sunday school this morning about Elijah. I know the rest of the Sunday school classes are probably in Chronicles by now, but we talked about Elijah. And when he ran at Jezebel's threat, he got down to Mount Horeb, Mount Carmel, where Moses met with God. The Lord said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Why are you here? God hadn't told him to go there. But he had said, I'm, I'm no better than my father's. Elijah felt like a failure. After all that God had used him to do in that three and a half years of famine and how he proved God to the people and the fire fell and then after that, the rain came. And yet he perceived himself as a failure. And I'm so glad that God encouraged him to let him know you are not a failure. I have used that and here's what's happened as a result and here's what's left also. And he encouraged him. But when you feel like you failed, when you feel like you failed at some job or you failed at, at, at some effort, you failed at, at, at some uh, 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 momentum, you've failed to accomplish what you thought you could accomplish, it's very difficult to get back up and try again. Failure brings discouragement and for a brief moment. Perhaps Peter didn't want to put all the effort into letting down his net again if it was just going to come up empty. And that's where some people are tonight. You just don't want to try because you feel like you failed already and you're going to fail again if you try and you're in that safety net you feel but life becomes so stagnant in that caution moment or moments. The thought of continued failure causes caution. Maybe part of the caution was not just seeing it as foolishness or he's fatigued or failure. Maybe there was a bit of fear. Maybe, maybe afraid of getting rebuked. Maybe afraid of judgment. Because you notice here in the Scriptures, Peter kind of obeyed what Jesus said and kind of not. Look at verse number 4. Notice it says, let down your nets, plural. And then look at the end of verse number 5. Peter said, okay. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net, singular. The net break. I wonder what could have happened if he had let down the nets. Perhaps fear kept Peter from receiving the fullness of the Lord's miracle. You ever been there? God was gracious using the half-hearted effort that I put in. And I got on the other side of it and realized honestly before God, I, my heart wasn't in it. But the grace of God still proved Himself. And you think, man, 
What could God do if I were all in? Now notice what Peter says in verse number 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He understood that he hadn't done exactly what Jesus said. Half-hearted. Notice how Jesus comforted him. I love the grace of God. Into verse number 10, and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. <laughs> Fear is an enemy to faith. What time I am afraid, say it with me, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. How many times have I not been obedient? How many times have I missed out on the fullness of what God wanted to do in just a simple moment because I was afraid? I was fearful. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We see the command, <clears throat> the cause, the caution. And then we see the commitment. Look at the end of verse number five. It says, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know, we love the decision that Peter made when we read this. For a moment, he felt it was foolish. For a moment, he was, he was tired and, and, and wished the Lord hadn't asked him. For, for a moment, he thought, man, I don't want to do this if I'm just going to fail again. Maybe he felt fear, was afraid, nevertheless. That's a good word. Nevertheless. That was a good word when Jesus was in the garden, wasn't it? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He made a commitment to act on what Jesus told him, even in the face of obstacles. And folks, like it, do, it, 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 like it does for us, it took courage. We understand courage is not the absence of fear. It's going on in fear. Courage is going forward in faith without regard to fear. Nevertheless, I am always afraid and nervous and fearful to stand up behind a pulpit and preach. But... If I didn't, nobody would preach tonight. And I had to say to myself, and I have to say, I have this attitude, and so do you. Nevertheless, God, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to open my mouth. Please fill it. It took courage, but that commitment also took Christ. Couldn't have done it without Christ. And even though Peter was asked to launch out into the deep and to let down his nets, he didn't have to do it alone. Christ was in the ship with him. He was there. He was the one that was going to do the miracle. All Peter had to do was obey. And when we're asked to launch out in faith, we, we hesitate. We think, this is crazy. I'm tired. I've failed before. I'm afraid. Nevertheless, we don't have to do it alone. Because Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Some of you, God has dealt with you over the week or so. Concerning witnessing to somebody with the gospel, I'm talking about talking to them, about it, confronting them with their eternity, with heaven and hell. And I want to remind you what Jesus said. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. When you and I recognize that God is, has, is leading us and having us and, and commanding us to, to witness and to give the gospel to people, understand, yes, it takes courage, but you can't do it without Christ because He's going to be there. And when I say you can't do it, I mean two things. I, we can't do it without Him, but we don't have to do it without Him. He's there. When you launch out to pray big prayers and, and, and prayers that you know that if God answers, I mean, it's just an untouchable thing. No man has the power. No group can get it done. God, this is something that if you answer it, you are going to have to be the one who does it. And we hear the promise in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. When God told Moses to launch out and lead the Jews out of Egypt, God said in Exodus 3.12, Certainly I will be with thee. When God told Joshua to lead the Jews into the promised land, God said, As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. When you launch out to, to preach or teach in a Sunday school class, Mark 16, 20 tells us that they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. When you launch out and stand for Christ at your job or stand for Christ in your family, Acts 18, 9 and 10, Jesus told Paul, Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. As we collectively as a church move forward and, and God leads our pastor and leads our deacons and He wants to use the Tabernacle Baptist Church for more than we've ever imagined, to go further than we've ever gone, to reach more than we've ever reached and to be for Christ what He wants us to be in this community. It's going to take faith and it's going to take courage, but we don't have to do it without Christ. He's going to be with us. He is with us. When you commit to launch out for the Lord, you'll never have to do it alone. He's with you. And when you and I realize that Christ is with us, when you and I realize that we have access to Him, there's nothing that we cannot do that He asks us to do. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can. Do we believe that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to tell somebody else that. You can do this. You can do this. If, if this is what the Lord wants you to do, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God has not left off anything that I need to be able to live life and live it godly. He's already given it. I don't have to ask Him for it. He's already provided it. We see the commitment. Lastly, notice the conversion. Before Peter's commitment to faith in verse number 5, notice what he calls Jesus. Master. Teacher. Boss. Overseer. Then notice after his commitment to faith, that reward of a great haul of fishes, a great draft, in verse number 8, Peter calls Jesus Lord. Supreme in authority. God. 
When Peter launched out in faith, he saw Jesus in a new and different light. And when you and I launch out, there's a, there's a renewed strength. When we act in faith, and yes, it's not comfortable and, and it causes fear and you might be tired and you might be afraid that you're going to fail again in your mind. But as we launch out in faith and as we obey the Lord, it gives us new strength, it gives us new excitement, it gives us new desire, it gives us strength over those things and our lives are not stagnant. I don't want to live a stagnant Christian life. God doesn't want us to live a stagnant Christian life. But if we're not acting in faith, if we're not launching out, and we have a the tendency to be stagnant. All the stuff that we take in and take in and all of the blessings that Dan was talking about this morning, just like the Dead Sea, stagnant. Because we're not launching out and taking it to others, giving it to others. There's always a reward that follows faith. And tonight, there's some specific things that God has spoken to you about. We need to just let down our nets. You know, we can have the boat. We can have the nets. We can have the equipment. We can have the bait. We can be in the deep. We can have fish all around us and even jumping out of the water. But if we don't let down our nets, we'll never catch a thing. May I remind you, do you believe that we still serve an amazing God? And what is God speaking to you about? Where do you need to let down your nets? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.